It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Get up. Get, get up. Get up. What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast, episode number 146. We missed you. It's been a week. It's what we're doing here in the offseason, unless we got something important to talk about. Uh, right now, there's not a whole lot going on in Mets world, but baseball still goes on, as we know, unfortunately. We're going to talk about what happened in the past week, and anything that is Mets-related that we can possibly talk about, we will. So that's what we're going to do this episode. If you guys are not yet following us on all our social media, make sure you are at MetsUp on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel. Subscribe over there so you don't miss out. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download and subscribe so you don't miss out. James, back at City Field. Yes. Uh, weird again. Still so feels weird, weird to be this, here. Where this was weirder than the other ones. Now yeah. it's over. Yeah. No. It's it really it really hit <laughs> that the weird. season's over. Like on the seven train today, I was like, oh god. Like we we were just on the seven train with people that were commuting to and from work. Yeah. Home. Yeah. Looking looking to go home. Yes. We were coming to City Field to uh, do a podcast. Gotta take it back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it feels weird, uh, especially with what's been going on in baseball and the fact that the Phillies are in the World Series. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I. It makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> it doesn't make me that sick for a couple of reasons. Yeah, I One know reason, why. Well, we had three reasons, I guess, then. One reason is because I kind of predicted this. Like, I told everyone they were really good in the offseason. In a roundabout way, I wound up becoming right. They're just, like, not that good, though. But they I had, still they, stand they had by the perfect it. amount of variance. They hit it the right way. Um, they signed college forward. That changed everything. I talked about that all last offseason. And the other one is that we beat the piss out of them all season. Yeah. So, like, that's why also I don't feel bad about them being in the World Series because, like, oh, here's a team that we very clearly were better than the entire season's in there. So, 14 and 5? I think something like that. Yeah. And the third reason is that they're just, I don't they've been kind of likable. Like, they've been fun. Ugh. Ugh, I, I know, know they have been. That's the that's worst, the worst part. part, right? Like, that Bryce Harper Moneyball video is, like, sweeping the <sighs> nation awful. right now. It's so annoying. It's one of the best edits that's ever been made, and it's really cool. But, like, it's, it's so frustrating because... <laughs> Like, you watch the NLCS between the Padres and the Phillies, and you see two players, the best players standing on each side of the field, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. They're both free agents, same offseason. Yeah. Every single team in baseball had a shot to sign, and those guys didn't get signed until the back end of the offseason. Until March, right? The precipice of spring training. Literally two guys who are on Hall of Fame tracks. Two 100%. Guys who are, Bryce Harper won the MVP last year. Manny Machado was kind of crazy, hasn't won one yet. I think he's just, all the writers hate him. He just loves being top five in MVP yeah, every yeah, year. Yeah, but like he does it every single year. Like those two guys are 100% on a Hall of Fame path right now. Two of like by far the best players this generation. They're both free agents at the same time. Two, two things that everybody needs, like a power-hitting outfielder <laughs> and an and a, and a, incredible third baseman on both sides of the ball. And everyone was like, ah, I don't think so. I remember that offseason. I was still in college. I believe I was in my last year. Was that 2019? 2019, Yeah, 2019. Yes. So that was my final year of college. And every single news break would happen on a Tuesday and Thursday, which was the only days I had class. And I was in class from like 10 a.m. to 7 o'clock at night. I'm like, I, I did this schedule for a reason so I could make YouTube videos still. And somehow you're finding a way to break news Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, uh, the Harper and Machado chase in that free agency year was insane. And the fact that... so low. I mean, like both of them, so incredibly good. I, I think so at some good. point... It's like... I think at some point every Mets fan, myself included, I'm, I'm sure you said it too at one point, has called Bryce Harper overrated. 
but I think at, at one point in time. Sure, yeah, yeah. One point in time. Not in the last, like, three years. God forbid. No, 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 no. And, no. And We're this, very this, against this, the overrated chance. There's a call for Mets. Some players will deserve it. I mean, 100%. May, maybe heading into the next few years, like, who's the guy who's like, going to be, we, could, we should call overrated? Uh, ooh, that's a really good question. That's a good question. Who is good. that? I don't know. Like, if you had Cody Bellinger. But yeah, but no, knows. no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, try- I'm thinking specifically on teams we don't like. You also, like, have to kind of be a villain to Card- get that chance. Cardinals Braves, who would you say? Most overrated player in each team. Ronald Acuna's probably that guy that's right now. That's what I was going to go with. Yeah. with that. But that's also, like, a poke the bear kind of thing. Yeah, I don't want to wake him up. No, I no. want Ronald Acuna to stay the at Cardinals his... Cardinals players like Edmund. You can't tell Tommy <laughs> Edmund he's overrated. Yeah, no, he's actually probably extremely underrated. He's 170 pounds soaking wet. But, I mean, it's just... It, it was a call to Mets fans to never call Bryce Harper overrated Yeah, again. we need to the guy's that. a freaking... He's so good. Like... It's just, like, I don't know, motion in baseball is cool. Like, seeing him be like, this is my team. Like, seeing sucks. also the fact that it, it, the Philly series, it lined up for three home games over the weekend. They won all of them. And just, like, the place was packed every single day. It's awful. Seeing, it's terrible. Seeing those awful people celebrate. <laughs> I've like, seen, I have no, I, have, I don't have many problems with most of the Phillies players besides, like, Reese Hoskins, Harper sometimes. Yeah, I don't um, like, I don't like Hoskins. Else? I don't like, I don't like, Jose, David, I don't like Jose Alvarado. No, don't like Jose Alvarado. No Syndergaard's on my list a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no Syndergaard's getting there. I mean, I just eternally respect Gene Segura, but that's your guy. Yeah, he's one of my guys. Uh, like everyone else, I don't dislike. This is this is probably one of the more likable Phillies teams, which I hate to say because boy oh boy, am I rooting incredibly no, hard yeah, against go them. Get a, let's go Astros. Chant going because Astros. I mean, thank God that happened. Thank yeah, God yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yankees lost. Briefly speak about the Yankees because that was just an ass kicking. This is something that like yeah. As as the as a Mets fan, you probably wound up after these playoffs feeling very dejected, feeling very sad about the outcome. But at least like we knew that the way the season ended, like it was our fault. These were self inflicted mm-hmm. wounds. Like Max Scherzer is one of the best pitchers of the generation. He had a couple bad starts. Chris Bassett incredibly reliable all year. A couple bad starts. It was just like we saw our bats get hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, oscillating all year. We just we caught a cold week and it happened to be the most important one. Yeah. You look at the Yankees and the Braves as well. They were playing well, and they just got beat by teams better than them. Yep. Like, that is something that I, I that would be a whole nother level of emotion to try and peel back if we rooted <laughs> for those teams. The Yankees were chanting, we want Houston. Oh, my and then God. Didn't win a game. Didn't they play, wasn't the stat that they played, like, less innings than the Mariners did in, in, in less games? <laughs> well, I mean, the Mariners and them did have, like, that, like, 18 Yeah, for sure, game, but, but that was much more competitive. I mean, yeah, the Yankees got, uh... The Yankees couldn't, people giving the Mets crap, the Yankees couldn't even get close. Got housed. Close to packing a stadium. No. Couldn't, in a playoff game. Couldn't, couldn't sell out. And that was no. for an American League Championship Series game. And, yeah, and the Astros, again, the Astros are a juggernaut. The Astros are the best franchise in baseball. <laughs> we over respect the, last the hell out of them on the Mets Up podcast. I can't stop respecting the Astros, but like, lots of respect. It's like it's, it's also funny that like the Astros cheat and the Yankees take them to seven games. <laughs> and the Astros, I guess, are not cheating allegedly anymore, and they sweep them. Yeah. Maybe you should have let them cheat, guys. You guys harped on that for <laughs> well, years and years. I'm, I'm sure some um, other stuff was going on. Jim, Jim Bob Media selling Astros apparel. Yeah, that was bad. Imagine that. Was that. Bad. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was really nice. It was really nice to see them lose, just because. With Phillies fans making the World Series, unless we're really traveling to Philadelphia or you have a social media presence online, you probably just ignore it. You can miss it. And it's also just like it's this weird thing in our brains where we crushed them this year. Yeah. So like I just don't feel any kind of aversion because like oh I know we were very, I hate them. We were yeah I don't like against you. them and we were openly better than you. Yeah. We, we honestly if, there, if there's anything that <laughs> oh, don't say it. I mean we got George Riley fired. <laughs> yeah, okay yeah that's I, what I was gonna say. Sh- okay 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 I thought you were gonna be like well we did beat them. So, no 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 yeah. no I wasn't gonna be like World World Series by transit property. Yeah, I was okay. not gonna say good, that because that's good, absolutely God. not true at all. But Animal. It's like, yeah we we had a, we had a big hand in this because we killed George Riley. So <laughs> I guess uh, shame on us. And it's also. Talked about this so much beginning of the year. The freaking schedule. Playing the Phillies 12 times yeah. in a month and a half. 
just putting them in the dirt, making them hit rock bottom, then letting them rebound. And we didn't get those easy games against this Phillies team to keep ourselves afloat late in the year. Terrible. It's crazy how every year, like, you kind of trick yourself into thinking that the beginning of the year matters as much. And we, we said it too, like, every game does matter, but really you just get hot at the right time. That's For really sure. all it is in baseball at the end of the day. Because, like, on paper, no one's saying the Phillies are the best team in the National League. Not even close. No, of course not. They were the last team in the field. If, yes. we, if they didn't change, if they didn't change two rules this year, this never <laughs> would have happened. First of all, the playoff format allowing the Phillies to reach it as the sixth seed in their own uh, cop league yeah. conference football mode, and then the end, the universal DH allowing Bryce Harper to play for an entire season <laughs> when he needs Tommy John surgery. Like, what a bad break is that for everyone else? A little peek behind the curtain for you guys. Uh, James texted me, "This is your fault because this, this is what I wanted." Because I've been fighting for the DH forever. He's like, "Are you happy? You get the DH now. The Phillies make the World Series." And That's you it. know what? I I'm upset. It, ca- upset. it catalyzes. If, if, if there was no universal DH, I guarantee you the Phillies would not have made the World oh, Series. Oh, 100. There's no way. Like it allows for their absolutely horrendous defense to just be forgotten about because you have an elite hitter in the lineup. Up. Bryce Harper would have not even been playing. He probably would have opted for Tommy John surgery because he wouldn't have been able to play baseball. Yeah. Bryce Harper probably wouldn't have played baseball for the last three months. Can we talk about that game, by the way, between the, the Phillies and the Padres, where Bryce Harper comes up with a man on in yeah. the bottom of the eighth, yeah. and Bob Melvin does not go to Josh Hader, the best left-handed reliever in baseball. He leaves him in the bullpen through one inning in the series. And one he, inning. And he got three strikeouts. He got three strikeouts, and Robert Suarez stays in, and Bryce Harper hits an absolute nuke. And obviously we know what happens with the Phillies there. But then he doubles down on horrible decisions and bunts with Trent Grisham, first and second one out, down a run in the ninth inning. I can't even wrap my head around how backwards that was. That's like, I don't even think 1940s managers do that. This makes it, again, now more frustrating for Mets fans because the Padres are who we thought they were. A team that really (laughs) wasn't that good. They have a bunch of good starting pitchers and a couple clutch bats. And like, oh, Trent Grisham went back to normal the rest of the, like after the Dodgers series. That was nice. Austin Nola stopped hitting. He did get he did get the big home run off of his brother. Well, you but you bunted to get Austin Nola yeah. to the plate. I mean that's that's what you do when you have a premier power get, catcher. Get like your that. nine hitter. Yeah, up. two of the two best catchers in baseball in this series: JT Romuto and Austin Nola. God damn, no, that was terrible to watch because I mean you've, you just again you lost to stupid. Come back to what we said all <laughs> the way. Yeah, come back to what we said all the way in the beginning. If like if the Mets would have played to their peak potential, they would have won. A hundred percent. And we we know for sure these were self inflicted wounds. And yes. now is like how many weeks later is this? We're talking about this. God, uh, that's I, why that, that's also why we can't talk about the off season yet, guys. Yeah. In, in in my mind. I'm storming marks too. We're in freaking city field. The body's barely cold. Yeah, it's as as horrible as that is to say. It just kind of is. Like we, I don't know. It happened so fast. We got off the seven train. We happened to be on the same train together, just by happenstance. Good yeah. timing by the boys. Yeah. And there was a bunch of people outside the city field. Like, what, do they know what's? Do they know the season's over? Like this? This is messed. This is messed up. That you see, you like that. That we're seeing people hanging outside of city field, almost as if there's a game. They to were, be played. They were French, so I get it. Yeah. Huh. Guy had a ponytail on the Kevin Durant jersey. It's a, it's a rare combination. Poor pick of basketball team to root for. Yeah. Oh, right. God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a couple stats now just to be funny. To so wrap up this. Uh, yeah, to wrap up the playoff talk because it's depressing. But I still want to talk about it because it's compelling. And yeah. then we'll give predictions and whatnot. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mark, do you can you recall the last time the New York Yankees won a playoff series against a team that was not in the American League Central? I don't know, it was against the Oakland A's? 
No, that was a single game. Okay. That was a single game. I think that was a 2000, I want to say, 18, 2019 wildcard game. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, Severino, and I think, uh, I don't know. Lou Trevino, I believe. Or no, I think yeah, Liam Hendricks. I think Liam Hendricks started that was, game. They, were, they definitely did use an opener. Though. I remember yeah. they tried to get cute, and the Yankees just hit a lot of home runs. Okay, so that's not it. That's not it, no. The last time the New York Yankees won a playoff series against a team not in the American League Central. So the Twins or the Guardians? Yes, Twins or the Guardians. And I guess they never actually ran to the Royals. No, I don't think so. Because no, they would have lost. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, in this time, give the Yankees credit. They haven't lost a series to a team in the AL Central. Yeah. So you have to give credit where it's due. Tip the cap to, to the New York Yankees. The last time the Yankees beat a team not in the American League Central in a full playoff series more than one game was 2012, 10 years ago, <laughs> against Buck Shaw Walters, Baltimore oh Orioles. <laughs> to give you a sense of how much time has passed. Full circle. And that's the only one that they've won since the 2009 World Series against a team not in the AL Central. That's... uh. It's impressive. It's, that's, pr- it's pretty unbelievable. That's a, that's a Tim Kirkshen stat right there yes. for us. For a team to be, have been that successful over this amount of time in terms of playoff berths, wins, it just eggs of velocity because the Yankees fans were bitching about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty crazy that they haven't won a playoff series against a team not in the by far worst division in baseball over the last two decades. You know what's one of the funniest things that's happened since all this stuff in the playoffs? Everyone, or I shouldn't say everyone, the people who were who hate the analytics... They're out loud and proud yeah, no, right it's now. Crazy. They're like, this is why the Yankees can't move on. This is why the Dodgers can't move on. Because we're using too much analytics. We're not just playing baseball the right way. It's like, no, 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 no. No, it's because they just lost. Yeah. I think Mike Petriello, he had a funny line. Uh, it was probably even like during the actual regular season. But it was all the people who use the term analytics when they just say things that they don't understand. Have no clue what it means. But he said what that word should be replaced for is just simply information because that's all it means <laughs> yes. or like data so like all these teams should stop using data all these teams should stop using information just go out there and the play game. there was a guy who I found out was actually not being satirical who said the Astros beat the Yankees because they have a real manager who plays with his gut the Astros if for anyone doesn't know use by far <laughs> the most extensive like branches and arms and network of analytics in the entire probably more than like Fortune 500 companies they literally hired a dude from Twitter MLB Random Stats Jeremy Frank because the dude's just got a lot of information and another guy Connor uh, Kirkon they hired him two off seasons ago to be in their R&D department a guy these people were literally just smart on Twitter and they hired them Jeff Luna who has, has been dismissed built this team from working at McKenzie like the consulting agency oh wow that's who built the Astros team. He built this. He built this team with that kind of idea in mind. Like I want this team to be as cutting edge as possible. And James they Click use, has moved it forward too. Yes, and James Click, God, whew, that guy's a freak. <laughs> I also love how there was like these these, these side by sides of like the Yankees and Astros executives going making rounds about like look how fresh all these guys are. Look how old all our guys are. Guys had to clean house. <laughs> they all got fired they had to for clean a cheating house. scandal that you guys talked about for years on end. Yeah. No, I mean, the Astros are just probably the smartest organization in baseball. They're probably the smartest organizations in the United States of America. They're really good. Any field. They're Any field. Really good. They're incredible. They're a well-oiled baseball machine, and um, I don't know, six six straight appearances in the American League Championship that's, Series. That's what— and I think four victories. As a Mets fan, you got to yeah. know it takes time, and I think if you can take anything, we want to be like the Astros. So six For sure. ALCS in a row. That's unbelievable. Last offseason, wanted to be the Dodgers. You know what now? I want to be the, the Astros. Astros. You know what the Dodgers, the Dodgers. Can't, <laughs> Dodgers can't seal the deal ever. They got a lot of losers in that locker room, for sure. <laughs> I, mean, they, I mean, it's just crazy. These guys go the same year, but now i got to do one last stat and we'll wrap up. Yeah, then. We'll just end give me some more analytics. This is, I guess it's analytics. This isn't really analytics, but Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. They are mm. leading the charge for the Philadelphia Phillies. The one thing that made me think that they would be so good this entire season, the fact they have two horses at the front and like seven good hitters, including Kyle Schwarber, well, I wanted to mess aside, but that's your neither here nor did. there. Yeah, everyone did. Aaron Ola and Zach Wheeler this year, neither of them beat the Mets. 
You want to know that? <laughs> Neither of them beat the Mets. Combined, just spit out my water. <laughs> combined 0-7 against the Mets this year. I knew that we beat them a lot, but <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe they snuck one no, in. No, never did. Aaron oh against the Mets was 0-4, 3-9-9 ERA <laughs> across 29 to 30 innings. Zach Wheeler was 0-3. Cut his mic. <laughs> with a 4-9-1 in 22 innings. Oh, my God. That's like the last thing I wanted to hear. Against everyone else, Aaron Nola was 11 and 9 with a 318 in 173 innings. Oh. And Wheeler was 12 and 4 against every team not named the Mets with a 247 ERA. So what I'm hearing is these guys would finish what like 1 and 2 in the Cy Young if they didn't pitch against the if Mets. If the Mets this didn't year. exist, these guys would have both had historical seasons and Zach Wheeler piling a historical season on top of another historical season. Zach Wheeler would be in the midst of the, one of the greatest two-year runs in the National <laughs> League we've seen in the last couple of decades. Oh. But no, the Mets existed. They hit him. They beat these guys every single time they stepped on the mound and now they're in the World Series. Yeah, that's that's rubbing salt in the wound. Yep. So that one feels fresh. Prediction? Uh prediction Astros in 4. <laughs> <laughs> Astros in four. There's no way. Astros in six. All right. Astros in four. Clean sweep. Go Astros. Go Astros. Please, please, for the love of God. Anything else happened this week that pissed you off? Uh, yeah, the gold gloves. Yeah, there we go. We got one. We got one. Mets we got, content, baby. We got one. We got Listen some Mets content here. Uh, nice nice layup there. Or pass Segway. to the pass to the layup. Bounce pass. Yeah, a good bounce pass. Yeah. We're talking about defense now. Backdoor cut. Layup. Nothing more. And get back on D. That I love talking about than gold glove <laughs> controversy. Which probably, there's probably some great YouTube videos. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's some controversy out there, especially in the Mets world. Now, first and foremost, let's give a shout-out to our boy, Tomas Nito, a.k.a. Tomas Nitro, nominated for the Gold Glove at Catcher, should win it. Yes, should win it. 100% should win it. Probably won't. Probably won't, because, I don't know. Who, who, who picks the Gold Gloves? Is uh, it Rawlings or is it Writers? I think the the way it's voted on is, like, actual coaches. Oh, that that's even worse. Yeah, I know. Uh, even less qualified to right? make a decision on <laughs> this. But <laughs> and the, the catchers nominated in the National League are Nido, Real Muto, and Varsho. So the two best-hitting catchers. And one guy who played the outfield. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Varsho caught... I, I guess he technically caught enough innings to qualify, but he played the outfield for the Dimebacks, let's be honest. It's also, I mean, call a spade a spade. I think you should be nominated for the catcher goal glove. You could play another position above average. That's fair. That's, yeah, almost, that's, like, that's almost cooler than just being a catcher. Yeah, no. Dalton Varsho is an incredible talent, but Tomas Nito, I think, should take it home. Uh, Real Muto gets to be the National League champion. Give Tomas Nito the gold glove. Varsho this year. Guess how many innings he caught? 450. 175. That's, like, not nearly enough to be nominated no. for the catching spot. It's like 20 games. That's... <laughs> That's, that is 20 games. 30, he appeared, he started 18 games at catcher. That's and he appeared in 31. And they said, that's our guy. That's yeah. our third choice. So it's got to be Nito then. I guess. Uh, let's go Tomas Nito. Uh, Mets up bump. Let's get it even oh. more. Varsho is nominated for outfield and utility, which uh, we'll talk about in a second. Who's the other catcher then? Guess. Guess? Jacob Stallings. Nope. Uh, you have an aversion to him. I have an aversion. Yeah, strong one. Strong. Yadier Molina. No. Oh. Uh, Travis Darno. Yep. Oh <laughs> God, I'm I'm getting mad, <laughs> getting really mad. I mean, Travis Darno just can't throw out a runner, but Toma, he does catch well. Thomas Nito, Gold Glove. That's what you need to know. But now, to get into the controversy. Yeah. Jeff McNeil and Francisco Lindor somehow did not find their way nominated anywhere on this list. Or Luis Guillorme. It's unbelievable. One. Let's start with Francisco Lindor. Maybe the best defensive shortstop in baseball. At, one of the most valuable defensive players. At least maybe the top three best defensive shortstops in baseball if we really want to get crazy. there's I, I know why he's not on there, and it's stupid. It's dumb. It's because of DRS, which you got to be half an idiot to use that still <laughs> when you have OAA and better stats. But it doesn't make any sense to me that he does not get on. Even as bad as he was in DRS... Francisco Lindor still, in terms of fan graphs, had the eighth highest rating of any player in baseball, 
And the second highest venue player will call shortstop their home full yeah. time. Yeah, 13 OAA. If you guys don't know, OAA, outs above average, DRS, defensive runs saved. OAA is the superior stat when calculating defense. There's still no perfect stat. And OAA works. I don't know exactly how DRS works. I kind of just like. I, I know how DRS works okay, relatively. Good. So, so it's we'll kind of a good trade. It's kind of like UZR in that it, it takes the play and puts it up against how many other like shortstops relatively make that play. But it, I don't think it takes into per, or account positioning. And I don't think it takes into account like field sizes and like scenarios. I think it's just very much like if 75% of shortstops make this play, you get X amount of points because you made it. OAA has a blind spot position too, correct? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Jonathan Scope has the highest OAA, I think, ever. Also, for an he infielder. also has the highest defensive rating on Fangraphs yeah. of any player. But there's a huge blind spot because I've watched, I'm, I'm not joking, two to three hours of Jonathan Scope taking ground <laughs> balls. And the guy makes unimpressive play after unimpressive play, and he somehow has the highest defensive mm-hmm. rating. OAA takes all the plays you made, some with DRS, but I think they just take a little more of like a holistic view and how they give each ball and play a probability similar to how like expected batting average and XWOBA are created and your ability to like stop a play that is theoretically a difficult play in terms of the probability that, that play is converted into an out or even just a ball in the glove. And it, I mean, it is against the average fielder too. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of like war in a way. Yeah, like defense. what's the average shortstop make? And they do break it down by positioning too where back in, left and right. So it does tell you which way guys are better uh, defensively. Yeah. And Francisco Lindor is in, in the 98th percentile in that uh, yeah. statistic. And left out. And you played the most innings. Who were the other guys? Was it? Too. It was Miguel Rojas, right? Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson probably will win. If anyone has a claim yeah. besides Lindor, this Dansby because he played a great year there. He played 162 games. They only got 161 in because he broke his finger that one day. Yeah. In the door in San Francisco, but um, yeah. So Miguel Rojas, Lindor, and I think it might have been Edmund. Uh, I think it's Hassan Kim. I think it's Hassan. It Kim. is Hassan Kim. Yeah. You're right. Which. He's a good fielder. He's a good fielder. They're all good fielders, but just like watching Francisco Lindor day in and day out for him not to be nominated for that award was egregious and preposterous. Now here's a big one. Yes. Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil not being nominated, not only at second base, but you the utility one felt like it was made for him and Luis Guillorme. Yeah. And to have both of them not on, especially Jeff McNeil, is preposterous. It's kind of funny because we had this utility conversation like a month ago about, I don't know, all the, all the, everything is blown together here. But like we kind of talked about like where a player becomes a utility player, and where a player is not a utility player. Yeah. And Tommy Edmond was nominated for this award. He's probably going to win. I think the reason he was nominated there was because he basically split his time evenly this year between second base and shortstop. Yeah. Played them both very well. Tommy Edmond is a very good ball good player. Good defensive player. Great. But I, the whole thing we're talking about is that I don't know how much of a utility player you are when you're playing two positions that are basically the same-ish. Yeah. As, as similar as two positions are in the entire baseball field, basically. Besides the corner, same corner outfield spots are second short in the infield. Relatively speaking... Every shortstop can play second base, and most shorts or second baseman can play shortstop. Yeah. Now the quality changes for sure, but the idea is you're a middle infielder. Yes, and and Tommy Edmond also played eight innings in the outfield, so I guess that's security <laughs> and utility stats. And also Brendan Donovan nominated for this award. Yeah. It's, I guess he's fine. I guess they just want to get the Cardinals some love. Yeah, really. I mean, just keep on yeah. keeping Jimmy, on. The way that Jeff McNeil played two vastly different positions at incredibly high level this year between corner outfield and second base, like that, I think is the real the real crux of his utility award. And, and at second base, he was disgusting. DRS, he was positive at three, which I think put him like in the top five. And OAA at second base, he had seven, which was the second most, only behind Tommy Edmond. So the fact that he's not included on this list anywhere, especially at the second base position, is baffling to me. I mean, we watch this guy every single day, and I know whoever decides this. I don't know who it is still. <laughs> here's doesn't a, get to. But. Here's a good one. Brendan Donovan. He, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to use OAA for this one because I'm on baseball savant right now. He played three positions primarily this year, right field, third base, second base. He only had a positive OAA in one of them. 
and he got the utility. Yeah, yeah, and huh. that was and that was the uh, that was the position he played objectively the least. Interesting. He, he was still negative three outs above average on the season. What was McNeil in left field or in the outfield just in general? Do you have that for me, or are we gonna have to look that one up? It's coming in a moment. I mean, overall, he was 95, 95th percentile outs above average. No, he was he was great. Like I think I in think, left in left field, he was minus one. But I mean, that's not. I mean, that's pretty. Now I will say, I think the one problem with Guillaume could be that. Maybe he didn't qualify for enough innings. Enough, yeah, because yeah, um, I'm I'm lowering the numbers at second base, and there's just not. I think I'm at 350 innings. He played right more now. third base. Yeah, he played a lot more third base. I guess that's a good point. But he should have been utility if Brendan Donovan's getting there. That's what I mean. And another one that was egregious that we haven't gotten to yet is right field. Yeah, where I mean, or left field, right field. What do you mean, Juan Soto? Yes, where, right field. Right that field. was right field. Yeah. yeah. Juan Soto was nominated for right field. He and anyone who watched baseball, any any Christian advanced Yelich too, by the way. Years, yeah, it's just. <laughs> He was a, these are objectively Juan Soto is objectively one of the worst fielders in baseball this year. He seemed to not care that much about it, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. when he, he hit like Juan Soto, for sure. And he made a couple of bad plays also in the postseason that were on <laughs> national television. Wait, did you see my tweet? Yes. Yeah, I uh, I tweeted out the picture that the Padres posted when Soto got nominated, as they should. I mean, it's their player congratulating him on winning his Gold Glove. And as soon as he made like those two botched plays in right field, I tweeted out saying congratulations to your National League nominee Juan Soto. After the game, like 30 minutes after the game ended, Juan Soto liked it. And I do believe it is the last tweet he's liked on Twitter since no that way. day. I'm about that's, to go check. That's kind of funny. But uh, big week for me with player interactions. Yeah, usually player interactions. Uh, but yeah, it was a little bit annoying that the Mets got second to last, second by the last. way. Second, second to last. What was the last one? I love watching Juan Soto and Bryce Harper come up with clutch hits for their teams in the playoffs. It would be awesome if the Nats could get somebody like that one day. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Danny, Nats baseball. That's awesome. That's a good tweet. It's a good tweet. It's a great, I'm going to retweet it. That's a good tweet. <laughs> That's a great tweet. Oh, God. Hey, you know, it's a good point. But it's a little frustrating that we had to endure all that we had to endure in the Mets world and then just like... Just the most insignificant, annoying, just like a little slap in the face yeah. that none of our players were nominated for gold gloves. Besides Tomas Nito. Besides Tomas Nito. And Taiwan Walker had, had a case at pitcher, too. Major case. Even Brandon Nimmo had the case. Yeah, Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo, fantastic year in center field. Sorry, Marte played a great right field, better than Juan Soto. Yeah, way better than Juan Soto. I'm sure Mark Cannon played a better left field than Christian Yelich. It's, uh, it's uh, the whole thing was a. Uh, and you know what? But also, we know just from historically, the gold gloves awards are poppycock. Yeah, they're meaningless. Pure trash. It, Derek Jeter won like, what, we'll 12 say, in a row? Not meaningless to the players. The players, players do care about it. Lot. Absolutely. So that's why it's even stupider that they don't really take that, that the, the best players don't win them. It's an accolade. It's something like having a gold glove in your house probably has to be like pretty cool. Here's one. In terms of all the trophies, probably one of the coolest ones looking wise. For sure. Right? Like, like the, the gold glove. Yeah, the gold glove. Like this, everybody sees that and like? you you know the name of the award just simply because if you were like don't know anything about baseball, you go, that's a gold glove. Yeah, like, <laughs> no matter what. No matter what. Silver Slugger, you're like, Silver Bat. Yeah, the, what about the, Ra- the Raleigh's Relief Man? <laughs> oh, that was always my favorite. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the Cy Young Award is pretty normal. It's just a plaque with a, with a guy with a two-seam grip on it. Yeah. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Shohei Otani? Yeah, future Met. No, uh, I don't know, guys. It, it, if, if the Mets trade for Shohei Otani, that'd be kind of unbelievable. It'd be sick. It'd be yeah. awesome. I would, I'd love it. Yeah. I'd be really happy to get Shohei Otani on the New York Mets. But is this... Is it really a possibility? No, but like maybe, but also no, yeah. but could be. I don't know. Like... I, I wish I knew. It's I wish possible. I could have a better answer. It's, but I think like the phrase "killing two birds with one stone" was kind of invented for this exact moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you need an ace and a lefty power bat. All right, a lefty DH. Go get one. Good DH. Yeah. I mean, I've, there's been a lot of trades thrown around on Twitter recently. I won't mm. say by who, um, but they're pretty insane. I don't think. Well, the best part of the off season is is people trade ideas. Trade trade Twitter's fun. Trade Twitter's trade incredible. Twitter's fun. We're like, going to do some trade talk on here, I think, too. Yeah, like come up with some, trade talk. And we're I'll gonna, come up with a crazy trade right now. You guys send us some nuts ones, but it's just like there's that one website that will be trade calculator. Oh my. People are like, "Oh, look, it makes sense." Oh, that trade that website's horrible. Like, why couldn't why couldn't we trade JD Davis and Luis Guillerme for uh, for for Rafael Devers? Well, who who says no? It's the TikTok meme of the guys. Like, I give you Rock, you give me the best player in baseball. Also, that's the Rockies, too. Yes, yeah. that is the Rockies. That's what the Rockies do for their trades. Oh, my God. I mean, I I really would like Shohei Otani, but I also can't really talk about it too much because there's actual still baseball going on, and it doesn't matter yet. Yeah, I mean, Mike Trout, too. I'd like Mike Trout. Yeah, I'd, I'd like, uh, who else would I like on this Mets team? I'd like a lot of players. Yeah. Mike Trout would be one of them for sure. Verlander would be good. Yeah. Carlos uh, Rodon. I'd love Yeah, Carlos Rodon would be cool. Nemo coming back would be I'd nice. love to have Jacob DeGrom back. That'd yeah. be fun too. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, just bring, bring the band back together and get a couple more pieces <laughs> yeah. as well. I, you won't catch me complaining. I don't know. It's hard. It's just still hard to really formulate these offseason ideas because it's not it's not even possible. Once the winter meetings begin, then we're going to be into it because then everyone's going to be into it. But yeah. This is a World Series to be played. This is some real baseball. And this is probably going to be a pretty compelling series, too. I think it, even though I said it's going to be a sweep, that's mostly just because I am I have to do that. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun to say that. And I hate the Phillies so much that I'm really hoping that. But it's probably going to be a really, really close series, actually. Both teams will probably get more hits in like, the first couple innings of the first game than Aaron Judge had the entire postseason. <laughs> no, they will. Yeah. That's just, that's just data. That's yeah. analytics. Yeah, that's that's what analytics does to you. That's yeah. why Aaron Judge couldn't hit this past series, because the <laughs> analytics got to him. Too much yeah. info. Yeah, too too much info at the end of the year. You know, too many, too many, too many at-bats in the leadoff spot. What a historical season for him to just go go for in the good Mets news here. Luis Rojas was interviewing with the Marlins. He actually did not get the job. So no, Skip Schuma- Shoemaker, yeah. Schumacher, Shoemaker, Schumacher. I think yeah. it's uh, whatever it is. A uh, former Cardinal feels like a Marlins thing where it's like who's a who's a winning organization? Let's bring in one of their guys. Let's bring in a Cardinal. Yeah, yeah. Skip Shoemaker. Uh, I don't know anything about him as a manager. I'm sh- he he's close- young, so he's probably okay. He was close to a couple jobs last few off seasons. Definitely, I think he was close to the Padres one. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean. Well, with Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin not using Josh freaking, Hader. Freaking Bob Melvin. Oh, you know what else that's interesting we none of us talked about today is, is literally the 36th anniversary of Game 6 1986 World Series. There you go. All October right. 25th. Very good. Yeah, my dad told me that on the way here. I was like, that's a good nugget. I'm going to throw that in. I've been unbelievably tuned out to, to Mets, ba- Mets I've been info. Just, I mean, you guys probably know we've been unbelievably tuned out. I think our, our Mets up account has tweeted like three times yeah. since the Padres game ended. It's tough. It's hard to tweet when there's nothing going on and... 
we love you guys interacting with us, but we're not going to tweet out, like, absolute nonsense just surely because... Like, today I was about to tweet, like, uh, who, what do you guys want to hear us talk about today? But I knew everyone was going to ask about, like, Jake DeGrom or, like... Shohei Otani. Yeah, yeah, all this crazy stuff. Like, I, I just... I didn't have any answers for anything like and that. And once... As soon as World Series Game 4 ends and the Astros hoist the trophy... <laughs> I'll be happy to talk about it for hours with you guys. I'll be excited because it will officially be the offseason. But until then, I just don't really want to acknowledge that the Mets season's over just yet. <laughs> I'm not really happy to. I kind of just want to uh, forget that w- what happened in the wild card, and we'll, we'll see you in November to talk about that stuff. But it's November, like next week. Yeah, we'll see you in November, next week. Our, next, our next episode... The World Series doesn't even start until Friday. Yeah, our next episode is what? November... I don't know how many days... What day was this? 25th? November yeah. 2nd? Is that the day? Yeah. So, I mean, the season... The series could be over by then. We could be talking about the World Series being done. <laughs> you, really, you really, really hammering that in, though. Yeah, of course. I, I'm, I'm trying to get that going. Uh, what's been going on in your life, though, if you're not watching baseball? What have you been doing? Because we now have three to four hours a day that I are know. just completely free. free. It's crazy. I've been watching a lot of football. Yeah. Do a lot of work for Mojo there. A lot of fantasy. A lot of crazy stuff going on. A lot of fantasy. Having a great season overall. I, I had um, a rough week. I was I mean, I was really into the Jets for the last few weeks. Now the best two offensive yeah. players are out for the yeah, season. Yeah, Brees Hall killed me in one of my leagues. Brees, Brees Hall killed me as a Jets fan. Yeah. This is terrible. He's like the most exciting player we've had in this team in a decade. And he's gone. I lost a fantasy he's game. He's a running back, too. Towards ACL. Who knows what's going to happen? I lost a fantasy game this week by five points because I had all, Marquise Hollywood-Brown out for the year or whatever it is, Cooper Cup on a bye. I had no other wide receivers. I had three on my mm. team. Shame on me. Bad job. That happens. Pat yourself on the back. We'll do better next time. But I had to play Josh Reynolds and Michael Gallup. It's tough. And they combined for a total of one catch, eight yeah. yards. So I, I lost there. You'd never, you'd never have been the best the best fantasy football player. No, I, I go big. I go big. I try to I try to win with the craziest, most... I try to thread the needle perfectly every <laughs> single year. And it, it works like once every five years. But the other four years, I'm like close to dead last. That being said, four and three in that league, five and two in another, one and six or one and yeah, one and six in another. That team was bad. There we go. There, one, there are a couple things going on in the Mets world though that we should talk about before we wrap up. First of all, is that Ronnie Mauricio is actually just tearing apart the lead dome. Which I feel like didn't he do time. that last year too? He just he thrives th- in the Dominican Winter League. Maybe, but I don't know. He's on he's on exciting teams. I think he's batting next to Ellie de la Cruz. The Tigres de Lice. Yeah, the Tigres de Lice, see. And uh, they, those two are two three in that batting order. Let's, with, let's go to the winter league. I'm down. I mean, Spend a week in the Dominican. I can work remote. Yeah, fun. I can work remote too. <laughs> yeah, spend a week. That sentence is crazy. I've always had like the dream, of, like me and my college friends have talked about, like just walk away from it all one day and just become diehard like Lee Dumb fans, <laughs> and just make that your whole life. I think uh, the it's like cheap, Cesp- I think cheap beer, baseball every day. I think Cespedes barbecue every year. No, they go crazy does, like, for two it. weeks and they just yeah. they just live in the Dominican Republic, which sounds like fun, but also. I don't know. I don't know how much Lee Dom I could. I don't know if I could spend two weeks watching Lee Dom. But like that, those games are unbelievably electric live. Oh, for sure. People get yeah. crazy. Even like when Ronnie Mauricio hit inside the park home run the other day, that was pretty cool. He had a little sinking line drive, center fielder dove on it, went past him. He just like cruised around the bases with those like gazelle like strides he has. He is so weirdly and fast. And when, when he was rounding third, he's fast, but he doesn't move quickly. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's like he gets going. He's fast. It's like a giraffe. Those yeah. giraffes run fast. Technically speaking, when yeah, they get to top speed, they, they cover a lot of ground. Their top speed is they look, good. They just look dumb doing it. Yeah. But they don't look great. When Ronnie was rounding third base on this play, the entire dugout was like jumping over the rail, like waving their arms, like. And when they were telling him to slide at home, whoever was on base was lying down, 
literally completely stomach flat against the ground, just tapping the ground to show him which way to which way to slide to to get in under the tag, and it worked. Yeah, it's just an electric, it's electric factor down there. I think Emilio Bonifacio leads off that team. He does. Yeah, yeah. I think imagine I said, that one, two, three. It's like for the twenty twenty. I think Ronnie won like Player of the Week, or they call it MVP of the Week, which is also really fun to me. And I think Cesar Valdez, the the dead fish pitcher, yeah. guy who throws seventy eight mile an hour changeups strictly. I think one pitcher MVP mm-hmm. of the week, which uh, that's a thing. One more guy I want to talk about. We we're, we should probably do a full like Arizona Fall League recap next week and when it's done, or one prospe- week after that. Probably prospect wrap up as yeah, well. Yeah, that's something we probably should have been more prepared for, but we're just we're just still like kind of in, in disarray from the season. Mike Vassell had a very good start yes. for Peoria in the Fall League. Mike Vassell has a very live fastball, one of the few like low level pitching prospects the Mets hung on to after this past trade deadline. University of Virginia, I believe. Yes, he was he a guy was, who yeah. I think did not go at, to the draft out of high school and would have been like a possible first-round pick. Went to Virginia. Numbers didn't do as well. Ended up, I think, maybe getting an injury at some point, And he dropped, but was a really good college pitcher. Eighth, yeah. Eighth round of the University of Virginia to deal with an injury there. But a good game. is very live fastball. I believe it's a slider is the other pitch, but it's evading me right now. And when you're, when you're out there in uh, Arizona Fall League, Mark and I went last year, those are some of the best minor league talent in the entire country coming yep. together. So having good stars here and like proving yourself there goes a long way. A couple guys who we saw last year that broke out there, Logan Ohapi became one of the hottest prospects in baseball, was tra- was traded by the Phillies to the Angels for Brandon Marsh, a player central to their playoff run. Ezekiel Tovar. Ezekiel Tovar popped off there big time. Who's the, the guy in the Nationals you like to? TJ White, right? Yeah. Was he there? No, he wasn't there. Oh, he wasn't he was there. just a draft pick. But we oh. saw Colin Holderman. We had Colin Holderman. Owen White of the Texas Rangers came out of nowhere, became a very impressive pitcher. Brett Beatty. For them. Yeah, Brett Beatty had a great time for us. We interviewed him there. So whenever, whenever Andres, Andres Jimenez famously broke out in the Arizona yep. Fall League in 2019, that was actually the first time I ever got like noticed for a blog on Twitter, which was kind of cool. Nice. Pete Alonzo, that say the year before, mm-hmm. no, that, that same year, no, it might have been the year before I he went the there. Year before, yeah, because yeah. that was before there was a lot more like um, advanced type technology in a lot of these minor league parks. Pete Alonzo went down there and just lit up, lit up the track man with exit, crazy exit velocities, and that got him on the map. So. It's important to keep knowing the Arizona Fall League because it is a competitive league, and these guys who go there, like they take, there's a lot of pride in it. If you're a card guy, keep an eye out on the dudes playing well. It's a good way to make some easy money. 100%. But, I mean, anything else to talk about? I think we're good. I think that's all I got. We're stretching. We tried, guys. We tried to get you close to an hour here, but I think this is where we're going to wrap up episode number 146 of the Mets Up podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Mets Up. If you're looking for the YouTube video, New York Mets YouTube channel, go subscribe over there. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, drop us a rating, drop us a review. James, where can they find you on Twitter? James underscore Shiano. Me at Giraffe Neck Mark. We'll see you guys for another episode next week. Remember, every Wednesday morning, we will have episodes out for you. So weekly epi- or weekly podcast until something cool happens. And keep an eye on Jay Horowitz's Best Legends podcast. Good We're going to be on there next week. Yes. So keep an eye out for that, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace out, guys. Get up. Get, get up.